Hello, and welcome to Love in the Time of Everyone, a show where we hear stories that represent the ways relationships have changed over time. I'm your host, Emily Diekman. Today's episode is about adoption and uncertainty and obedience to God. If you don't believe in God, you might prefer to think about this as obedience to science from the universe or to gut feelings. But we're sticking with the language that today's guests use, because this is their story. And in any case, whatever it is that they're experiencing takes them on a wild journey. I realize in some ways everyone is on their own wild journey or whatever, but these people went on a journey in italics or underlined or something. Let's start with Kaya. She was born and raised in a Catholic family. Church every Sunday, baptism, first communion, confirmation. She did all of it. But she kind of just did it. You know, like she was just going through the motions. Long story short, through middle school, elementary, middle, high school, and early college, I was a person who would post, you know, Bible verses in my bios on social medias and put it as the caption to my pictures, but I didn't actually live it out. When Kaya went to college, something happened that happens to a lot of people around that age. Her views on religion started to change. But she actually didn't become less religious. She just became religious in a new way. She joined Young Life, a Christian group for youth, and she just loved it. Once I felt free to explore new churches and new like denominations, new like modes of worship, I came into like connection with Jesus on a, on a whole new level. And, and so that's kind of where my faith journey began, I would say, just because I didn't really choose anything in terms of like connection with, with Jesus growing up up until I joined Young Life. And that was like a choice that I made. And then I was rebaptized because again, I, I didn't choose that as a baby. And so I was rebaptized when I was 19. And ever since then, I've just kind of like come closer and closer with him. So, yeah. While Kaya was growing up with her Catholic family in Kentucky, there was this kid named Jimmy in Detroit, Michigan, who was also growing up religious. Uh, my mom, she always kept me into church, uh, no matter what it was. She made sure that I was at church. I was in a choir. I was all these different things that was going on in my church. And when I was 14, I was called to preach. And at that time, I'm just like, there's no way that I'm going to be a preacher. Like, I just want to go to the NBA. I want to go play basketball. I don't want to do anything about preaching at all. Like, the best thing I can tell you is about some good fried chicken. Like, I could preach about that real quick. Um, but mm-hmm. that's not one of the things that was in my like in my future that I thought. Yeah, so Jimmy's like, um, how about instead of being a preacher, I'm just, like, kind of religious. How's that, God? And then, when he was 21, just a little bit before Kaya also revitalized her relationship with Jesus, Jimmy had what he calls a Jonah and the whale moment. If you don't know or don't remember the story of Jonah and the whale, it's the one where God asks Jonah to go to a city and prophesize, and Jonah literally gets in a boat and heads off in the other direction. When a huge storm comes and Jonah ends up in the ocean, a giant fish swallows him, and he spends three days and three nights in there praying and promising God he'll do the thing that God wanted him to do in the first place. I want to say I was like 21. I had just turned 21. 
And um, it was just one of those things where I just wanted to kind of just live my life and chase the basketball dream and just kind of live of the world. I was just like like Kaya was just saying, I was just like a social media Christian. I was always posting the right things. And when the adults was around, I say the right thing. I was just living that fake life. And then the big fish called life kind of just swallowed me and put me in this dark place of having no other choice but to call on God. And we kind of just sat down there and he spoke to me and just said, you know, it's time to stop running. So Jimmy, who is attending Ashbury University in Kentucky to play basketball, decides to become a preacher. He spends a few years pretty focused on that. He's not really dating. He's just listening to God, going to school, finding his path. Then, of course, that path crosses with Kaya's. They have some mutual friends, like Jimmy's teammate is best friends with Kaya's brother. But somehow, and they don't even really remember how, they end up following each other on social media. And then the modern romance begins. And then actually on a mission trip while I was there at Asbury, I noticed that Kaya was you know, kind of liking my stuff on Instagram, liking my stuff on Twitter. And, you know, back then, like back in 2015, if somebody liked your stuff on Twitter, you know, that was just a little bit, that was a little bit of a hint that she was flirting. So, you know, I was just like, okay, well, you know, that's, I'm definitely going with that one. So I just saw her post a picture on Instagram and we was kind of going back and forth on some comments. And I was just like, yep, I'm definitely going to slide in her DMs real quick and uh, it's been history ever since. That's the short version is that he slid in my DMs on Instagram. (laughs) At the time, Kaya was 20 and Jimmy was 24. And they were both at points in their lives where their faith was so important to them. Very quickly, they became really important to each other too. We so our one of our first dates was we went he he took me to like a park and we just like went and sat in a dugout of like a empty baseball field and we just told each other our testimonies and this was the first like actual Christian faith based Christ centered relationship that I had ever been in so I I mean after hearing his story and just like seeing how he treated me and how he encountered like how he just his character and how, like who he was to everybody that he meets literally all the time. I was, I knew literally immediately. <laughs> I was like, yep, I need him for the rest of my life. <laughs> Jimmy shared the same sentiment, though he chose to phrase it in a significantly less romantic way. You know, it was just one of those things where it just, she just popped up like a pimple <laughs> and, and it just, it just happened, you know, it came out of nowhere and, I was just like, oh yeah, God, this is this is definitely definitely the one. I know that you have placed her in my life for a reason. So I, I think this is for a lifetime. So yeah. Their interests, their passions, and of course their faiths aligned. Kaya said her parents loved Jimmy. The first time her little brother met Jimmy, he told their parents afterward, Oh, Kaya's gonna marry that guy for sure. It was a case of, if you know, why wait? We met in May of 2015, and um, we got engaged um, five months after meeting, (laughs) and then we got married um, that following July of 2016, Um, and I'm pretty sure I was 21 when we got married, right? I think I was 21. Yeah, you were. We were basically 12 years old. Even though they're pretty young, the first year of their marriage is simple and sweet, Kaya's still finishing up college. Jimmy is working at his first youth pastor job. They live in a tiny apartment, and they're happy. 
Kaya even has a blog about her faith journey. Then Kaya starts getting a call from God she's not expecting. And I just felt this like sense of urgency to like try and get pregnant. And I didn't know why. Like I, I remember going to Jimmy and saying, I feel like we had only been married for, you know, not even a year or ba- a barely year. a year. Yeah. And I remember going to Jimmy and saying, I, I think God's telling me to try and get pregnant. Everywhere she turned, it felt like there was a baby or a pregnant woman. Or somehow, she'd see things that, even if they weren't related to babies, her brain would form a connection, and she'd still just think, wow, baby. When she tells Jimmy, he's like, whoa, you're crazy. That doesn't make any sense. And Kaya's like, I know, it doesn't make any sense, but I'm pretty sure that's what God's telling us to try. Then Jimmy took a step back and said something really interesting that made me think about a part of religion that is viewed really differently today than it was in biblical times. And I think as Christians and as people that try to listen to God, we kind of forget what scripture says about like how many times God has spoken to people through dreams, through different people, you know, people telling you different things or images or dream, you know, all this stuff. And we get so wrapped up in the world and forget that the Holy Spirit is actually talking to us. So when Kaya told me all this different stuff about her, one you know, God is telling her to get pregnant and I'm just sitting confused like, God, we don't have enough to do anything. Not right now. And we kind of forget, you know, just how much faith we need to have in God and that he will provide. Um, so that was one of the things that just kind of happened. I was driving. I was actually driving home from ch- the church and, you know, I just had this voice. I was just listening to a song and his voice just came over me and was just saying, like, yeah, it's time for you all to try. So they try. For almost two years, they're trying to listen to what God is telling them, and it's just not happening. And then something really difficult happens. Kaya does get pregnant, but she has a miscarriage. It feels all wrong. I ended up miscarrying that following November, um, which was really, really hard. And it was so confusing because it's like you feel like God is telling you to do something, and then you try and be obedient in that. And then you end in loss. I can't imagine how painful that must have been. A miscarriage is already unimaginable. With Kaya and Jimmy, there was this extra layer. After years of not being close to God, they were trying to do what they thought was right. To stop running, stop getting swallowed up in the belly of the whale, and just live the life God wanted them to. Then this happens. They didn't use this word, but I know if it were me... I would feel like it was a punishment, and I'd be angry. But they were just confused. They kept praying, and very quickly, God started prompting them in a new direction. Kaya and Jimmy had always talked about someday fostering children. They figured they'd have a biological child or two on their own, and then take in another little kid who needed their help. But God started calling them to foster children. Again, this didn't feel like it made any sense. Kaya was done with school now, and they were a little more financially stable, but still not totally where they wanted to be. Um, But again, and neither did us trying to get pregnant um, during that season of life. But, you know, we we moved um, in that direction. and We were just like trusting and obedient in that, even though it just did not make sense. So they start going through all the necessary trainings to become foster parents when they get another nudge from God. Probably the most unexpected one yet. We 
went through the training. And at first we were like, let's do like little kids. Let's do like little babies. And then God did that thing where he just like prompted us and said, I want you to do teens. And Jimmy and I both were like, um, we're 12 years old. Like, no, we're not doing <laughs> They're continuing with the foster care training and really struggling with this idea. Like they didn't even feel totally ready to be parents to a baby, but there's kind of a script for figuring that out because lots of people have babies. That's what most people picture when they think about starting a family, right? You start with a baby, and then you get to guide and watch that baby as it grows. Of course, there is a need for people to foster teenagers. Tens of thousands of kids age out of the foster care system in the United States every year. When foster kids age out of the system, within four years, 50% of them have no earnings, and many face homelessness. But Kaya was only 22, and Jimmy was 27, Their family and friends know they're looking into becoming foster parents, but they haven't told anyone that they're grappling with the idea of fostering teens. Then one day, Kaya gets this message from a woman who had been reading her blog and following her on Facebook. This woman told her how happy she was to see that Kaya and Jimmy were starting a foster care journey. Then she told Kaya about her own experience, taking in her 17-year-old nephew. The message is really long and detailed, but here's just part of it. Quote, When the reality that we were now parents started hitting, I felt so inadequate and unprepared. What did I know about raising a teenager? I'm only 25. I just got married seven months ago. I talked to everyone I could think of asking how to discipline a teenager, how to live in grace and set boundaries, how to love deeply without overwhelming him, how to share God's truth when he never heard it before. Although I got some practical advice, The words I heard over and over and over and over again were simply a call to love deeply. Everything else is just extra. Every day I feel like I'm flailing and stabbing in the dark. Some days seem good. Other days my husband and I feel like we have absolutely no idea what to do or how to be there for him. And the more people I talk to about it, the more I hear that this is normal. End quote. And she was like, this is our story and and we've seen success in it. And she's like, I don't really know why I'm telling you this, but I just, I feel like I need to tell you that God will qualify you in the areas that you feel unqualified to be a parent to a teenager at a young age. We had told no one that we were battling, you know, God telling us to foster a teenager when we really wanted to foster a younger kid. And so for her to just randomly message me and say that I was absolutely like, floored by it. And so that was the day where I was like, okay, we're doing teens. God very clearly just spoke through this woman and definitely wants us to do teenagers. And so we called our caseworker and we were like, hey, we're so unqualified for this, but we feel like God's telling us to do a teenager. And so that's that's the age range that we want to go with. They really go all out with it. They even agree before they get a placement to foster a child or a teenager, with significant emotional or behavioral issues. The private agency they were going through was also a residential facility for teenagers. One day, they went to the facility for a CPR training session, and they saw a teenage girl taking out the trash. Kaya had this moment where she thought, we're going to have that soon. And she felt this new sense of excitement, even though it wasn't going to be the little baby or toddler they expected or hoped for originally. Except, well, it kind of was. 
A few months after they made that call to their caseworker, they got a placement. Kari, a 14-year-old girl, and Izir, her nine-month-old son. Here's Kaya with a little bit of background on Kari's story. So she is an incredible person. She is a typical teenager in a lot of ways, but at age 12, she got pregnant. She was living with her aunt at the time. And her aunt, uh, because her mom had passed away when she was 10, and she just kind of bounced from relative to relative for a long time. But she got pregnant at age 12, and her aunt at the time, uh, who she was living with, said, you can either have an abortion or you can go into foster care. And at age 12, she chose to go into foster care and chose life for Izir, who is the best. Like, he's an incredible little kid. So at age 22 and 27... Kaya and Jimmy are suddenly not only parents to a 14-year-old, but grandparents. Grandparents to a baby. It was not exactly easy. Kari was adjusting to living in a new home, and Kaya and Jimmy were trying to figure out how to be first-time parents and grandparents. And honestly, Jimmy and Kaya are still kind of settling into the dynamic of being married in the first place. And Kari is also trying to figure out how to be a first-time parent. I honestly don't think I could handle any of this. It just sounds too hard. And, well, it was hard. We didn't get the first, you know, 14 years of her life to kind of like reflect on and see it build up. And so when she came to us and was doing any like negative behavior, being a new mom, it it was just really hard to kind of like rationalize through that and process through that and not... Because I think the problem was initially, and we worked all this out in therapy and in the book, Paul, uh, by Paul David Tripp called Parenting. But it, the problem was, I was finding my identity and my success as a parent in her positive behaviors only. And so when she um, did something negative, I immediately took that as a like knock on my parenting. And it, Like, I just assumed that everybody thought that I wasn't capable of parenting a 14-year-old at age 22, 23. And I felt like I just had something to prove. Like, I felt like everybody was, like, doubting that we were going to be able to make this work. And so I, like, wanted it to go perfectly. And when it didn't, I would just, like, wig out. (laughs) I'm so impressed with Kaya's honesty here. If I'm being honest, when I asked Jimmy and Kaya about what difficulties they faced along the way, I was kind of expecting a vague answer along the lines of, oh, it wasn't always easy, but it was worth it, which is basically true and is a valid answer. But I feel like the fact that Kaya is capable of so much self-reflection on the stuff she didn't handle well, and that she's willing to share that honestly, is in some ways a sign that she was ready to parent a teenager. I'm definitely not a parenting expert or even a parent, so I don't know what I'm talking about, but that's what I think anyway. It worked for Kari too. After about four months of living there, Kari told Kaya and Jimmy she wanted to be adopted. I asked Kari how she knew that she wanted to be adopted by this family, and she was honest too. She told me about how her first year living with Kaya and Jimmy was difficult sometimes. School was rough, they would argue, we like when I was went to Scott County and I had a rough year there like with school and everything and I used to get my phone took all the time because I never knew how to act right 
So we got in like this really big argument. And usually when I get in arguments, I'm like, I'm like done. And I was just like, I still want to be here. Like with my old foster mom, I got in arguments with her and I was just like, I need to leave. I don't want to be here. And just after every argument and still to this day, like after every single argument, like I still want to be here no matter what. Like I don't, I don't want to leave. Like I might be like, I need to take a walk, but like I, I don't want to leave. Like I couldn't imagine myself like anywhere else. And then at that, like Izier loves them like times 10. Like I don't know what I would do without them. Or what he would do. He loves my mom more than me. (laughs) Jimmy and Kaya started the process of adopting Kari in April 2019. They're still learning and growing every day. Kaya says Kari's maturity is a huge reason why they've made it as far as they have. Who I was during that first year is not who I am now. And a lot of that is credited to Kari for being transparent enough to say like, I didn't like the way that you said that or I like and she's really mature and intuitive and like when you're having conversations with her in the sense that she'll literally look at me and be like I understand what you're saying but like the way that you're saying it is like not okay or it's condescending or it's like making me feel this way and so who I am as a mom now is 99% accredited to Kari's vulnerability and transparency and her kind of like I told her on our adoption day that she built us she built me um, as a mom and so yes it has been so hard and there have been so many really really tough days but we both have grown a crazy amount Kari and I both and Jimmy as well in terms of our parenting and our communication skills and just like the way that we handle certain things, like we've we've all just grown so much. And we would have never grown uh, into the parents that we are now, not to say that we're perfect. We still have lots of room to grow. We're still pretty young and, and fresh at the parenting thing. But we would have never grown as much as we did had we not stepped way, 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 way out of our comfort zone and pursued something as wild as, you know, parenting a 16 or 14 year old as a 22 year old was at the time, if that makes sense. (laughs) Then in the middle of all this and out of nowhere, Kaya finds out she's pregnant when they weren't even trying. In November, 2019, she and Jimmy welcome their biological daughter, a little sister to Kari and an aunt to Izir. They name her Promise because to them, She represents the fulfillment of God's promise that if they just listened to him, everything would work out. It just all of the puzzle pieces have just like fallen together in a way that makes it so clear of like God's provision over our family in the sense that, you know, we tried so that we would fail, so that we would go through the months of training that you have to go through to become foster parents, so that we would be an available home um, right when Kari needed a home. And and then, you know, it's ended in adoption and a forever home and um, two kids that we absolutely love. There's other crazy parts to this story, too. Like that girl they saw taking out the trash that day. The one that made them think, we're going to have that soon. That was Kari. She brought it up to them one day. Or the school that Kari went to while she was living at the residential facility. 
and our apartment was literally like I could throw a rock from our apartment and land it in the parking lot of her school that she was at every single day. Like we were literally like moments away for like years <laughs> before we actually, you know, united, which is which is really interesting to think about. I don't know. I just feel like God's um, provision over our family has been really incredible. So to me, one of the most beautiful parts of the story is how Kaya and Kari are navigating motherhood together. Kaya explained earlier that who she is as a mother is thanks largely to Kari and her communication skills and maturity. But also, in a more literal sense, Kari could give Kaya advice about mothering a newborn because she just went through it herself. Like when Kaya was having trouble getting promised to breastfeed properly, she woke up to a text from Kari one day saying that it would be okay, that she'd had trouble with Izir too, and that she'd figured it out and knew Kaya would too. It's it's really wild. It's a weird dynamic, but it's been really cool to see how God has redeemed her very young pregnancy and use it for so much good. Like not only the joy that Izir and his life brings to so many people, but also just the wisdom that she offers to new moms in general, like being an adult, like 24 year old girl like myself um, or teen moms like people message her all the time and they're like I just found out I'm pregnant what do I do like what is have all these questions and she just is so wise and willing to like be transparent and vulnerable and give like all the answers and the, the advice that she has which is really cool when she's not busy being a mom or helping other people be moms Kari took summer school and extra online classes so she could finish high school and go to college early How does she do all of it? She said her faith in God is what helped her get through some of the darkest times. But sometimes she's not even sure how she did it all. I actually don't even know. (laughs) Like, it's hard. It is hard. Probably the support of my parents. Like, my support system. Because I really couldn't do it by myself. Like, I really couldn't. So, probably the support of my parents and... Just having eyes ear, he just like motivates me because I know that I'm responsible for a whole another human being. So that just motivates me times 10. Kari's adoption was finalized in March 2021. The adoption didn't affect her custody of Izir. She's still his legal mom. She graduated from high school in May at age 17 and is now attending the University of Kentucky, where she plans to study to be a social worker. Kaya was ecstatic when Kari decided to live at home for her first year of college. This has been a really big year for the Roper family. Right before Kari graduated, Jimmy and Kaya bought their first house together too. And just last month, Kaya shared the exciting news that she's pregnant again. Like many of the very best things in life, right now their lives are crazy and changing and beautiful. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Love in the Time of Everyone. Huge thanks, of course, to the Roper family for sharing their cool story. You can see more about their journey on Kaya's Instagram page, Kaya Roper. That's K-A-Y-A-H-R-O-P-E-R. Kaya is also a photographer, so you can see tons of gorgeous photos of this family, including Kari's prom pictures and photos of Izir and Promise just being best friends. You'll also get to read Kaya referring to herself as Nana, and Jimmy using the hashtag girl dad and your heart will just melt, I promise. 
Thanks, of course, to Bridget Thumb, Kathy Rivers, Gabriella Yadagari, and Jeff Gardner for all of their help all the time. If you like the show, please leave a rating, a review, or subscribe and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Love in the Time of Everyone. I'm going to close with one more sweet detail from this story, which is that Kaya still keeps in touch from time to time with that woman who messaged her on Facebook. Offhand, Kaya doesn't even remember her name, but in some of the toughest times, she's reached out to this woman for support and wisdom about raising a teenager at a young age. So we're going to close with a quote from this woman in her original message to Kaya. Becoming parents to kids not our own is such a beautiful gift. It's exhausting, confusing, overwhelming, terrifying, exhausting, painful, and exhausting, but so beautiful. We get to love these kids in ways they've never been loved. We get to be there to cheer for them when they've never been cheered for before. We get to hug them and say, I love you. We get to see them grow and blossom in ways they couldn't have dreamed of. We get to see them start dreaming for the first time in their lives. We get to set boundaries and teach them that boundaries are love. We get to take them grocery shopping and see their excitement over getting to pick out the foods they want. We get to be there as they open up their hearts and give you a tiny glimpse of the pain they carry. Above all else, we get to see God working in their lives, often long before they even realize it.